Welcome to Excellent Adventures, where I, your host, Reese Sweeney, take a step away from my duties as a radio and TV personality and give you a first-hand look at my other love, backyard chickens and homesteading. Take a listen to conversations I have with others who are in farming, homesteading, and connected brands. And some of those conversations go a little like this. She does say I have too much, though. She says I have too many, but I don't think I have enough. The chicken math started mathing. Yep, yep, it's never ending. I only started with like four laying hens. Now I have over 100 chickens and geese and quail. So the first question we ask everybody that comes on to the Excellent Adventures, what was your old cluck moment? The first thing that comes to mind is when the first time I got locked inside one of my own chicken coops. We talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Now let's see who's on this episode of Excellent Adventures. Welcome everybody back to another Excellent Adventures with me, your host Reese. Of course, it's powered by Blackyard Chickens live from Media Campus West. We got another special guest with us today, and usually we talk to chicken people but this is a concrete cowgirl matter of fact this is the concrete cowgirl we have aaron brown here met her on social media on instagram i ran across her page i thought it was amazing absolutely amazing i saw some of the things she was doing then i got to dive a little deeper saw some of this nonprofit stuff that she's she's after and she's helping these kids and introducing them into the world of equine so without further ado let's get this hype bell ready let's give a warm welcome to miss aaron brown the cow Concrete Cowgirl, all the way coming from Philly. What's going on, Miss Lady? Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Um, we usually start off by saying, what's your old cluck moment? Like, what's that moment that you knew you were in the chicken game, but since you are in the horse game, what was that old horse moment? What was that moment that you knew you just kind of fell in love with it? Well, I did have a pet chicken growing up. I will say that. Okay, well, that's the gateway drug animal. That's what they say. <laughs> right. Um, my father had a, a welding shop um, in North Philadelphia or North side section of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he would fix, he would do repairs for the Black Cowboys. And uh, he took me by the barn one day. I was six years old and that one day trip turned into <clears throat> excuse me that one day trip turned into who i am today so you just picture uh horses and chickens and ducks and cows in the middle of an urban neighborhood uh and that's where it all began for me that's amazing and and this is in philadelphia like i grew up for a good part of my life in jersey and i think i saw maybe two or three cows one time on a road trip i knew what they looked like because i had a tv but (laughs) we never really got to experience those animals firsthand unless you went to the zoo or something like that so for you to be in philly um if i'm not mistaken north philly right yep Okay, North Philly, uh, you know, you you don't hear about these types of things and, and, and it's not uh, heavily publicized, especially within our community. So for your father to introduce you to that and then you fall in love with it, that's amazing within itself. Yes, yes. Uh, actually, if you saw Concrete Cowboy on Netflix, that was the exact same place where it all started for me. <clears throat> Man, that is, that is. And that was a great movie, too. You watching that movie, let's get sidebarred a little bit. When you watched that movie, did it hit the mark? Was it Was it one of those, did it, like, really touch the soul of the culture, what, what you've been experiencing for most of your life? Uh, to be honest, I didn't watch the movie until maybe two years after it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there every day during filming, and I was a stunt rider, 
and an extra. And I was working, I worked closely with the filmmakers making sure this was a legit, authentic mm-hmm. story. Gotcha. Got. I forgot I was dealing with a super superstar. You know, I forgot. <laughs> it parted me. Um, you said six years old. You 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 go to this place. It's amazing to you. You like okay. I, I like this. You like the feeling that you got from it. But what point did you know? You know, this was it. As far as you knew, you knew what you were doing when you got on that horse, and you kind of you said, okay, I, I got this. I'm the concrete cowgirl. Uh, I wasn't really confident uh, growing up. I wasn't a real confident child, uh, and I was sh- I was shy. I didn't talk a lot. So horses were my voice, mm. and um, I was I was pretty good and a natural. So they started me competing on a professional circuit by the time I was like eight years old. And uh, from that point, you know, that was my life. After school, we go to the barn, we train, we get ready for the next show season. All through elementary school to high school, I actually went to an agricultural high school here in Philadelphia and majored in equine science. So... Yeah. You all the way official. <laughs> uh, what were some of the things that you were learning that time? Like I'm right now, I'm a first time. Uh, I, I want to call a horse. I'm a first time pony owner. You know, I got like horse puppies. So uh, I'm learning as I go. Uh, obviously, YouTube University, watching your page, watching different pages through like Purina and stuff like that. But tell me what some of the things that you learned or some of maybe misnomers that you may have had going in that you like, oh, OK, this is different than what I thought. Uh, I will say with horses and horsemanship, it always evolves. Mm -hmm. So there's always something to learn. And I want to say doing this for 32 years, I always still find something new to learn or a different way to do something Mm -hmm. that I may have done differently years ago. That makes plenty of sense. That's that's definitely the life, like farm life in general, or just even backyard chicken life. Like I learn something new pretty much every time I go out there. Thank <laughs> like, you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, I, I that that is amazing. Um, did you have a, a per se favorite horse growing up or um I got my first horse. He was, I got my first horse when I was 10 and he was just born. So he was born at the stable. Of course, I couldn't ride him until he was about three. Mm-hmm. So I had him from birth until 18 years old when he passed. Oh, wow. Yeah, his name was Philly Dollar. <laughs> Philly Dollar, I like that name. <laughs> I love that name. That's pretty cool. When um when when you had got that horse and, and you got on them and start bonding, like I've learned that with all the animals, they pretty much have their own different personalities. It seems like that it could be the case with horses as well. Oh yeah, they all have their own different personalities. Um, I have twelve right now, and they mm. all have their own personality. <laughs> One thing I've learned too is I well noticed that almost everybody in this space 
those animals uh, seem to be some type of mental health advocate and they kind of help us get through our day-to-day things. You said it helped you with your confidence as a child. Uh, what is it like going out for you mentally when you get into those stables? Um, My day-to-day kind of feels like I'm a robot because it's repetitive. I do the same thing every day for the most part. And I know if I'm feeling some type of way, I'm not having a good day, depending on the horse, when I get to their stall to clean it and stuff, they'll, they know how to brighten me up and, <laughs> you know, they're playful and you can't allow your, whatever you're feeling at home transfer to, you know, to them. Mm. So. That makes sense. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So they kind of like empaths. They're going to take on what you take on. Right. So, and some of them are like, okay, you having a bad day? We're going to have a bad day together then. Some of them <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like you talk about a horse in particular. <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Day-to-day care with them. Before we get into some, because you have some amazing things going on, like the, the concrete jumping and the nonprofit and Pura. I want to talk about those things too, but I kind of also want to talk about day-to-day because some of the some of the people that are listening and watching, they may want to get into raising horses or, or they may do like me. They may start out with two chickens and now they have goats, chickens, and everything else, and they want a couple ponies or something. So like day-to-day, what does that kind of look like for you? So I get to the barn typically between 5.30 and 7, um, depending if it's a, right now I'm conditioning horses for a horse show, so I have to get there a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I turn the lights on, give them their grain, and then I do their water buckets, which is basically you're dumping out yesterday's water, scrubbing the buckets, refilling with fresh water. Then I clean their stalls and they get hay as I clean their stalls and then they eat grain again for dinner. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm I'm learning that horses are very, very pushy eaters. (laughs) They shouldn't be, but they can be, but they shouldn't be. So there's ways to, you know, correct that. Okay, I'm going to need some help correcting that because I got these two little these two little ponies, and when I break out that bucket, they know it's time to eat. They right up on my butt. <laughs> yeah, ponies are something different, and they always say the closer they are to the ground, the closer they are to the devil. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think I'm gonna make some t-shirts saying that because <laughs> it go. might be right. They got some attitudes on them. I'm trying to, um, because obviously, you know, they kind of like people and they've been through some things. So it's like these first uh, month, this first month with them is just been me trying to build that trust and letting them know that I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just out here to feed you, brush you, get you things, clean up after you and let you know I'm not, you know, here to harm you. I try to put a, put put the harness on them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked out two days now. I can't even catch them to do it. <laughs> well, there's ways to do that, too. We'll have to talk <laughs> okay okay i'm i'm using treats i'm trying to crowd them like i do my toddler it's not working <laughs> <laughs> we've reached that part of the show where we hook you up with some insider information and this time it's some egg side information y'all know what i mean because <laughs> people ask me all the time how do you get your chickens so fluffy and healthy and happy and their eggs are so bright beautiful and they taste delicious too i would love to dedicate all those things to me coming in and having a great time in that chicken coop every day and shaking it up with those ladies but 
but the fact is it comes from a healthy and balanced diet of Purina's Laina. That's the brand we use. Whether you've got laying hens and you want to go with the Purina Laina plus Omega-3 or you've got a bunch of baby chicks running around in your brooder and you go with that Purina start and grow crumble, you can't lose. I know we haven't. So visit their website today and in three easy steps, you can get discount coupons for the Purina product that's right for some great nutrition for your animals. I did it myself and it only took me about two minutes. It's absolutely worth it. And to make things easier, we have the hyperlink on our website, blackyardchickens.com. Just look under product of the month and you'll see the link right there to go and try your Purina feed greatness. And through their trial program, they can pair you with the right nutrition and let you try it with your animals and see the results. Now I can tell you all day how Purina feed greatness has been absolutely phenomenal for my chickens, goats, ducks, and rabbits. But you can see for yourself, go to blackyardchickenswithaz.com. Now let's get back to this week's adventure. Man, that's pretty cool. So tell me about when you started jumping and getting into that world. Because to me, that's scary. Like I know, I know us folks from up East Coast, Philly. You know, y'all riding uh, four wheelers and stuff like that in the street. Y'all popping wheelies and you doing it on horses. So tell me about that a little bit. Um, I started jumping about seven, eight years old. Um, mm. And I did it all the way to my mid twenties. I want to say right until about right before dollar passed. Um, <clears throat> It was fun. I, I loved it. I loved the different courses. It was challenging. I loved everything about it. I, even the clothes with the white tights, they're called breeches or beige and the knee boots. I loved everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> now you super fly now. We've been to your social media pages. I said, okay, I got to speak to her. Cause I, I mean, like I said, uh, I think in, uh, in our text exchange, I have daughters and when we see, letting them see something like what you're doing, it's inspiring. It's amazing. They don't always see people in our space. It's like seeing a VP, seeing our vice president right now. You get to see a woman of color in a powerful position. You get to see you doing something so amazing with these these big, beautiful animals. And it's like you running a show out there. How does that feel when 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 little girls? I know a lot of little girls walk up to you like, "That's what you doing." Uh, little girls. Some of them come in with this you know, die hard energy and they're tougher than the boys <laughs> that are a little finicky and little girly girls, but girls pay more attention to the horses and their mm. personalities and the different ins and outs. And girls are more affectionate to the horses. They, you know, like women typically take a little extra time with, mm -hmm. The boys, I've seen some tough, you know, hood boys come in the barn and, you know, they big and bad in the streets, but they get in front of a horse and they're like the most timid thing. But, you know, it watching their interaction, it it helps them develop and mature. So and it helps them grow. And, you know, they're not going to take advantage of this 1200 pound animal and push it around. So you have to you know, get to the point where your partners. Mm. I love that. It kind of helps you gain a mutual respect for life that way too. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, we have our, our Excellent Adventures program where we take the animals out to the schools and we see that some of the kids that have like behavior disorders and stuff like that, they get around these animals and they, they change into a whole different human. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I, I love what you guys are doing. Tell me about the nonprofit organizations that you're a part of, too, because I think that that's amazing. We want to key in on that a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy, or Pura, I'm the executive director for that. And that was in, established in partnership with the filmmakers from Concrete Cowboy. Um, all of the stables in Philadelphia are pretty much going to redevelopment and gentrification. So we wanted to have something that's ours to preserve the history and culture of the black cowboy in Philadelphia. So everything doesn't become, you know, whitewashed. And mm -hmm. it gives kids, you know, horse activities, anything equestrian related, related is expensive. And it gives them this opportunity, this outlet to, you know, learn how to ride, learn horsemanship and for free. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it, it, to be around, they say as soon as you buy a horse, it's like it, it, that's when the money starts to flowing out <laughs> to give these children the opportunity to do it for free. It's so commendable, man. We just want to give you your flowers on that and, and leading the charge for that. I know there are other pieces involved, but you've been on the forefront of it. And I know how important that is, too. So we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it was done for me. So and I know horses are healing and mm -hmm. this city alone, yet alone the world needs a whole lot of healing. So if there are more horses, more agriculture, more hands on it, you know, it changes you or helps mold you. That's real. I, I have a friend I'm going to call a brother in, in the entertainment industry, Tone Trump from up that way. He's doing some amazing things, just trying to keep people out of trouble and and just change the narrative up there. So what I know, even though you guys may not be connected, just different people doing different things in those pockets and different spaces is going to make a huge difference. So salute to everybody up there that's doing some 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 positive, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Now we see, like I said earlier, I mentioned that you you fly on that social media. Now, how has social media been for you? I know with me, it's been extremely helpful. Uh, not with just getting the word out about what I'm trying to do, but also just just creating a, a little community of people. How is your experience on social media? Hmm. I'm not really. Uh, I would just. I think before Concrete Cowboy came out, I you know had my social media. It wasn't until I met during COVID, there was a, you know, the George Floyd situation happened. Yes. And there was a group of black equestrian women across the world. And we did this kind of don't rush challenge. So from that point, we stayed in connections and we used to do vision boards and, and launch each other's business and promote and, you know, we had big dreams and we all wanted to quit our jobs. We all did. And now we're like, you know, the face of the horse world <laughs> for black women. So that's how, but it was a whole bunch of, you know, helping each other build each other's content and, you know, promoting each other. And, you know, we're all black women from different parts of the world and we came together to get this thing done now we're we're everywhere <laughs> no you you guys really are see i see the uh post i see all these different pages too like black girls ride and, and stuff like that and it's just amazing to see a, a, a community of just people and us just getting along getting together for a common ground and then just building up the next generation of riders too right 
right, let's talk about horse ownership. For those that uh, are thinking about horses, give me some 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 things we absolutely need or need to know if you, it's your first time about to to go get a horse. If it is your first time, I suggest volunteering at a horse stable. Uh, I think almost any stable will let you volunteer. You know, get your feet if you're to get your feel around, but if you've already been somewhat experienced with horses and you want to buy your first horse, you know, you cannot, I would say connect with a great, find a great barn family that fits you, that welcomes you. And, you know, you can't cut corners with, you know, hey, they're grazing animals. Um, You can't cut corners with, with, Barrier bills and vet bills. It is expensive, but it is also attainable. But I would really suggest finding like a barn family. So if you're a new beginner, someone can help you along the way. Great advice right there. I found that out too. These vet bills are different and I like I, I have the little low to the ground low to the devil horses so you know my <laughs> it's probably not as heavy but it's two of them so they add up. Yep. Tell I'll me about uh, <laughs> I will switch vet bills with you. Oh yeah, I bet. You got 12 <laughs> of them and <laughs> in, in regular size. Right, right, right. Right. Um tell me about their farrier services cuz I'm right now shopping for a farrier. Um what should I be looking for uh, around how, you know, what's the frequency of using a farrier cuz mine are basically they they don't really go out like on the concrete or anything like that. They're in the pasture pretty much all day, every day. But tell me about like farrier, what should we look out for? Our horseshoes, uh, do we need them? Stuff like that. Uh, Your little guys, I'm going to tell you, no, they don't need horseshoes. I have one that size two and she's, I got her when she was three. She's seven now. She's never had shoes. Mm. Um, and she gives rides to kids, the kids ride her and stuff. She's fine. They typically don't need them that small. Um, but my farrier comes out between every four to six weeks, depending okay. um, on the seasons. Horses' feet grow faster in the spring and summer. They don't grow as fast in the winter. And they're working a lot more in the spring and summer as well. So he, my farrier has been my farrier for 20 years now. Black guy, amazing man. Um, And he, you know, when you're looking for a farrier, I'm not sure. There's different groups. Uh, My friend created the Black Equestrian Network. So you put in, it's .com or something, that's the website. You put in your zip code and it'll show you black farriers and all that stuff in your area. Um, But, you know, your little guys, they probably need to get a trim every eight weeks. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's cool. So I'll just give them that full pedicure service every eight weeks and we should be okay. Yeah, there you go. All right, I love that. You know, you you want to make sure their area is dry. Mm. So thrush is something that horses and ponies get. It's basically equivalent to athlete's foot. Mm -hmm. So pick their foot up. They have like a little triangle. It's called the frog. So moisture traps in between that V, which is their frog, and they'll have thrush. It smells horrible. 
<clears throat> so the drier the land and stuff that they're on, the better. Okay. Okay. Cool. Great to know. I know we got a big like dirt patch in the middle, so now I'm feeling a little better about that. We've reached that part of the show where we hook you up with some insider information, and this week it's all about eating pet and pasture. And I got a twenty percent discount code for you. As farmers, we know the love and care it takes to raise happy and healthy animals. So choose the best when it comes to bedding, premium cut Timothy hay, and trees for your furry and feathery friends. So if you're looking for super absorbent hemp bedding or nesting pads for your laying ladies, look no further than Eaton Pet and Pasture. Check them out right now at EatonPetAndPasture.com and first-time shoppers get a 20% discount by typing in Reese at checkout. That's R-E-E-C at checkout. Now let's get back to another excellent adventure. Cool. All right, tell me about hay. What kind of hay are we supposed to be feeding these babies? You got to watch those little guys because they are prone to founder laminitis and uh, I think it's just founder laminitis and Cushing's because they're so little. So they have to be the less sugar possible is best. So I would say something like Timothy hay. Mm -hmm. And as far as grain, they, they probably don't need grain if they do like, so ours gets a handful of grain, literally a handful. Yeah. And it's like, we give her like this carb care. So it has no sugar. It's low sugar, low starch. So she gets a handful twice a day, but she also eats Timothy hay. Got you. That's the best thing for those little guys. You have to watch the grass in the spring and in the fall because they'll, they won't stop eating. And the the sugars in the spring and fall grass is rich. Well, the grass in the spring and fall is rich in sugar or high in sugar. So those little guys, uh, they're prone to laminitis and founder, which you don't want. I got you. Yeah. So me and the horse, me and my ponies had the same problem. We both like sugar, so we got to relax. I understand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah, I've been doing the same. They just get a very little bit of grain, and this is uh, miniature horse mix that Purina makes. So we just right. we just throw that in there. But I had somebody told me because I didn't know everything about their history because uh, they were rescues. We just uh, we've been mixing it with some water, so it's a little mushy for them. Um, and uh, I don't see them drink a lot. That was concerning to me. Um, <clears throat> well, how, how much are they drinking? Like, what kind of buckets do they have? Right. So they have they have two troughs out there. Like they have two um, two troughs out there. And in the daytime, with the grain, it's probably about a half a bucket of of water mixed into it. Um, so I don't know exactly how much it is, but I know it's, it's, I think that bucket is a gallon bucket. So it's probably about a half a gallon in there. But they go through that pretty fast. Oh, wait. So you're putting like a handful of grain and like a little gallon bucket and then filling it halfway with water. Yeah. First we put water in it just to make it a little mushy and they eat that. Then I put the water back into the bucket. Okay. Um, But it's like a handful of grain, right? Yeah, it's a handful of grain. Feel free to school me and teach me and correct me. <laughs> um, how old are they? We don't know. So they they first, I got, <clears throat> let me tell you this whole story. So I got a boy and a girl horse, right? Pony, boy and a girl pony. And um, they came, the, the, the boy was supposed to be 13. The girl was supposed to be 12, 11 or 12. They weren't exactly sure. Uh, the, within two weeks, we had the vet come out. 
and she came out and she did a full workup, did the vaccinations, uh, the Coggins, everything, right? And that's when I found out that I had two girl ponies. Because uh, I was like, can you check under the hood? Because I think this boy is fixed, if I'm not mistaken. And she was like, well, here's some good news. He's not fixed because he's a she. You know, so... <laughs> So I was like, I, I wasn't getting all the way up under there. <laughs> but uh, so I have two females, I have two mares, right? I have two of those. And um, I mean, they're great, but it's just, it's like I said, it's a new experience. So we think they're around like 13, 12 or 13 years old. Are they, did the vet suggest the water thing? Uh, no, but I did tell her that's what we were doing. Tell me if I should do something different. And she said that one was having um, one was having a little bit more of a time trying to chew these treats. So the water would probably be a good idea to try to get the uh, the, the the grain a little a little more easy to chew. Um, and then she said they were going to come back out in two more weeks and probably float her teeth and do some cleaning. And I was going to ask you about that, too. What What do you think about floating? Because, like I said, I'm new to this and some people watching or listening are new as well. So. Um, so treats. Here's my thing with treats. You they're not dogs. So my horses don't ever get treats. I don't even think they know what they are. They don't get them from me. Because it teaches them how to bite, and okay. it makes them mouthy. It, so, um, if you do want to give them treats occasionally, just throw them in a bucket that they eat out of, so they don't associate you in your hands, and you're the the treat person. Okay. Um, and that also makes them pushy too when you're hand feeding them. Um, floating, they should get done once a year. So my horses get floated once a year from the dentist. Uh, their teeth, you know, they'll have sharp edges and sometimes they won't eat because their teeth are sharp. Mm. So that is something that's done yearly. I do it every spring. Okay. Okay. That's great to know. See, look at you teaching. You just schooling me. I feel like I owe you some money now. No, you're good. <laughs> I got you though. This this has been a very 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 great information, um, and I, I appreciate you trying to you know just just schooling us like this, for real for real. Oh, no worries. Absolutely. What what do you think is the like the most the best I guess or the most logical betting for the stables or barn? Um, I like pine shavings, the thinner ones. Okay. And I, I also use pellets too. Okay. So you have uh, mares. So mares typically, if they're in a stall, they'll typically pee in the back of the stall. Mm -hmm. um, whereas though, I have four stallions and four geldings, so they pee in the center. So I'll put the pellets in the center of the stall and they pee on it and make it work. But okay. mares, like Buttercup, she's a mini i'll you know put her bedding down put the pellets down and wet it and it expand so but i like pine shavings it smells good it's easy to clean mm -hmm. yeah i love pine shavings too i kind of use those almost everywhere with the goats the <laughs> when they're not trying to eat it goats are 
Goats are the bane of my existence. I'm not going to lie to you. They get on every nerve I have, but I love them. <laughs> there are some creatures, I tell you. <laughs> they break into everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. So no, okay. And I'll try the pellets. I had a terrible bad experience with pellets and with my with my dogs. Um, it just turned into a hot muddy mess. But um, but I think it may be because uh, we had like some um, a lot of moisture getting into where they were at the time. So I might have to retread that that tire with the with the. With yeah, the, I swear uh, by pellets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We gonna get us some pellets. <laughs> yeah. Track and supply. <laughs> oh, I do want to ask you this. What's the best fencing? Um, is it that ranch style fencing or? For what are you fencing? The horses? Yeah. Because I noticed that they have the itchy butts sometimes and they like to, to drag up along those fences or pole sometimes. So the itchy butt, they probably need to be dewormed. Um, you know, when the vet comes back out, ask them about deworming because that's usually a sign of having worms and scratching their butts. Or they could just need a good bath and a scrub, like scratch, really scratch their tail, bone, and that kind of thing. But fencing, post and rail, I like it. If you, if you're, you know, want to keep it secure and not break down from them scratching, I would use post and rail. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, cool, cool. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell people how they can, um, how they can donate to you or find the nonprofits that you're a part of. And Pura, how can they donate to keep those things going? Uh, Pura, our website is thepura.org, t h e p u r a dot org, and we are Philadelphia Urban Riding Academy on Facebook and Instagram. And me personally, I am TikTok and Instagram. You can find me by The Concrete Cowgirl. Yes, you can. And you can see her riding off into the sunset. I love every post. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> Thanks so much for what you're doing in this space and just being an inspiration and being dedicated to something positive. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And congratulations on that magazine right up. We see you, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, last question before we get up out of here. If you could, or if you wanted to see somebody that you know on this podcast, who would it be? Who has a story that we need to be talking to? I am going to say Abriana Johnson. Okay. And she makes children's books for uh, our people, people that look like us, uh, called Cowgirl Cameron. She has a, a series. Okay. And okay. she's in North Carolina. She's someone amazing. I like that. We're going to have to get her on the show. We appreciate that. And the very last question is, does chicken math happen with horses? Because it happened to me several times. Chicken what? Chicken math. Chicken math happens when you buy one or two chickens and then somehow you end up with 30 and goats and ponies and other things. Does that happen with horses? In twenty eighteen, I had two horses. Twenty three, I have twelve. Yes, so horse math is a thing. Great to know. I appreciate you once again. Let me hit this hype bell. 
thank you for being such a guest. We appreciate you. I can't say it enough. We will be following you online, and you guys make sure that you donate to the cause. Thank you so much. All right. Great speaking to you. And uh, this is another episode of Excellent Adventures. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Excellent Adventures, powered by Blackyard Chickens. Now, if you think you want to raise your own backyard flock, here's a site for you, blackyardchickens.com. We make entertaining videos about raising baby chicks from scratch. You know what I mean by from scratch, right? Or maybe you want to learn how to take care of your own big chickens or hens and get those fresh eggs, building a coop or buying a coop, having the necessary things inside that coop to get great egg production. You'll learn a lot of the neat tricks I've picked up along the way from other chicken enthusiasts, and you can get pretty eggs just like those. So follow us on social media and check us out on our YouTube channel. Ah!